What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Screencast, kind of funny show where we talk to you about movie and TV and comic book stuff, news. I'm your host, Nick Scarpino, crushing it today, as always, uh, alongside the second best baby blues in all of San Francisco, Tim Geddes. I thought you were going to say whoever the first person you were introducing was crushing it. No, it was you. Like, no, you were me. crushing it on this beautiful Friday morning. I no, just went for a little walk, Nick, and it <laughs> felt, I walked around the block. I, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Uh, but Joey woke up and was like, hey, remember, it's a street sweeping day, so move your oh, car. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to park a little farther than I wanted. But I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to walk even farther. It's a nice – there's a brisk little uh, wind in the air. Enjoying Tim, it quite a bit. Tim, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is it – have you ever looked to see if there was an app that would help you know when street cleaning is happening? Because I feel like that's something simple that should exist. Hmm. Well, it's never really I – mean, I haven't been – You got to take it last times. week. Last week. That was the first ticket I got in 100%. Correct. You know what I mean? Of course, that that person talking is the big dog, Kevin Coelho. Kevin, please bark. Please bark for me. (laughs) Okay, there it is. Uh, And then, of course, uh, joining us in the fourth area, the fourth window over there, is the rootin' tootin' Texas Street Latino Heat clicking heads and ripping them to shreds, jumping on beds and making beds. Uh, Please welcome twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez, Mr. Andy Cortez. I should have, I, I didn't realize, I clicked into this window a little too late and didn't realize how in need we were of a new overlay. Because, like, this is old. This is, like, one of the first overlays I ever made. Sure, it's sure. it's got a, it's closer to 21.9 than it is to 16.9 for all of our windows, yeah. which is why, Tim, there's no more room on his side. Oh, you know what? He's sure. off, too, a little bit. Yeah. I also, I had to set up Tim, too. I had to set up Tim's with no background, and it's black borders. So it was real right. tough, real tough to see there. Um, it's it's that's something that we could absolutely address, um, maybe offline. But uh, what I do, <laughs> what I do want to talk about right now, though, are our amazing Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad, and Al, the Predator tribesmen, holding it down from wherever they are right now in the world. Uh, we love you very much, and if you guys want to be uh, Patreon producers or just be a part of this show. Remember, go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, if you back us at the $5 or above level, you guys can write into the show just like a few of you did uh, to talk about the boys and some other properties that we're going to talk about. And, of course, if you don't have that much bucks to give but you want to give something, even $1 helps. We love you very much, uh, and we, uh, we're, we're here for you. So if you want to support us, cool. If not, man, I get it. It's tough out there for a pimp. Uh, of course, if you, want, if you want some other stuff, go over to page, uh, kindoffunny.com slash store where we have all of our merch listed, including uh, one of the anime shirts. And I can't remember which one because I closed that stupid window for some reason. That's not the right. It's the it one matter. with more, the uh, – More the, importantly, we like, have the PS I Love You shirts coming real soon, everybody. Or the, the, the Bomber. The Bomber, yeah. Oh. That's exciting. It's real soon, guys. I know we said that about three months ago maybe at this point. But it is very, very close. So save accordingly, everybody. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, this show is brought to you by Meat Undies and HelloFresh. But we'll get to that a little bit later, gentlemen. A lot of news. A lot of news popping off these weeks. Uh, the first of which, actually, we're going to kick off right now. Kevin Benedict Cumberbatch joins Spider-Man Three. I should note after the news, we're of course going to go into the season finale of The Boys. Uh, so stick around for that. Oof, ladies and gentlemen, this comes over from the HollywoodReporter.com. The move puts Cumberbatch in the mentor role that was previously occupied by Robert Downey Jr., who played Tony Stark, Iron Man, and Spider-Man: Homecoming, and uh, by Samuel L. Jackson in Spider-Man: Far From Home. The latter reprising uh, Nick Fury. The role gives Holland a chance to play opposite season actors, giving Peter Parker a further a father figure, and gives the movie extra star power while trying uh, or tying them to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. Tim, we're going to you first. What are your thoughts on this? I don't buy it. I don't think it's as convenient and as easy as this all kind of seems like it's going to be. Like, this is not going to be a Spider-Verse movie. It's just not happening. Like, I feel like this might set up some of that stuff. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually we get a live-action Spider-Men to come through the fallout of all the Doctor Strange stuff. But with all of this coming together, I imagine he's going to be in the movie less than Tony Stark was in Homecoming. And I, I, But I think more than he was in Ragnarok. And I think that it's going to be more related to just kind of the MCU as a whole, like the stories that they they're building through WandaVision and then uh, Multiverse of Madness. I still think this is very much going to be a Peter Parker, New York story for the first time in the in the MCU, which I'm very excited about. But I think that it it's not going to be as multiverse focused as some of the things 
seem to be trending towards. Interesting. Well, it, could be, it could be one of those things that does hint towards the future of it a lot more. Like if it's not going to lean into it heavily, I think it's sort of setting up the future and what it what it possibly could be. A lot of great tweets that came from this, by the way. Like there was a lot of awesome tweets of, oh man, this is a great choice, great pick by Marvels because he played it in the last movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> <a lot> of, <laughs> because the tweet is worded very oddly. Like Benedict Cumberbatch, he's going to be Doctor Strange in the Spider-Man movie. They're like, ah, great choice. Great choice yeah. by Marvel to pick the guy who's been it in the past few movies. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's awesome. I mean, I, I I kind of agree with Tim. I don't think they're going to go full bore into multiverse quite yet. I, I think it's a little too... I mean, we did see some of it within, with Infinity War, like with just timeline jumping. I think the audience getting used to the idea of of timeline jumping and, and multiverse jumping needs to be sort of set up correctly and not just immediately uh because not enough people watched into the spider-verse right like we we see the we see the general public not really watching that movie as much as they watch mcu movies which is why it didn't perform great at the box office um which is really really sad but i i think to i think to explain that stuff to people who aren't super familiar with just the comics world and the amount of openness that they can have um, you have to set it up in a very careful way in, uh, so that the audience isn't immediately kind of turned off by it. Because immediately multiverse can be a very kind of scary thing to, you know, right now you're just used to superheroes fighting each other. And then now opening up all these other possibilities can be kind of daunting, I think, to like the general public who just is used to Robert Downey Jr. and the cute Tom Holland kid. Like that's all they're used to right now. So <laughs> I hope they Tom do Holland it. <laughs> I hope they do it correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that when you add the the facts of what they've been building and the fact that Sony and Marvel are making two separate series of movies with Spider-Man in them right now, and we don't know exactly how they're going to or aren't going to cross over into each other, I think it's clear we're seeing the Sinister Six being built. And I wouldn't be surprised if a couple movies later from now, we get a Spider-Man movie that is essentially a Spider-Verse, but it's multiple Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six, and that'd be fucking cool as hell. That would be insane. That would be bananas. That'd be so yeah. badass, dude. <laughs> I'm with Andy on this one, right? It's a complex thing, but a, a complex thing to sell to the audience. But I think they'll do it right, and they'll they'll start seasoning it out if they want to broach that. Uh, Kevin, next news story coming to you, okay. actually. All right. Unless you want to talk about it. Well, I was just going to say that. I'm worried about the MCU in general. I feel like a lot is happening and like their whole plan has kind of been derailed with all this COVID stuff. And uh, I really hope that whatever comes is good because all of this Spider-Man, the Spider-Man Sony stuff is upsetting. And I hope we can weather through this and, and keep having good movies coming from them. That's all. What's the next news story? I agree, I agree Kevin. I agree. Yeah, it's, it is kind of really worrisome just knowing that we are losing kind of these key years of these actors careers. Like yeah. obviously we can obviously makeup and CG and, and all that stuff can make older actors look younger, but it really does bum me out that, uh, you know, Tom Holland's going to be a, a decent amount older from when he was making a Spider-Man movie to when he was in Endgame, which obviously Endgame and all that stuff was recorded way earlier, uh, several years before it even released. So I, it does kind of bum me out and worry me uh, that we're losing kind of these actors' primes. I, I, I shouldn't say primes. It's not I, like they're athletes that, or whatever, but, yeah, it's kind of worrisome. I think that they can make it work. I just worry more than anything that other storylines are going to affect what the overall plan and direction they're going with things. or And also world events. Obviously, uh, you know, Chad uh, Chadwick Boseman dying, like, that's... That could radically change what their plans were or, I mean, we've seen actors change, but I, I don't know. I kind of feel like with especially all the time they're having, I wonder if they're sitting down and trying to figure out a new plan or they're still moving with. Oh, the, I guarantee they are. I guarantee they're shifting it every every which way they can. But yeah. um, I think they'll figure it out. I, I, I have hope all so. Faith. I hope so. Even well, if they have well, to cut things here and there occasionally yeah. or, or rework some stuff, I think they can make it work. Um, and I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm actually going to skip a couple news stories ahead, guys, because you're talking about the multiverse, Tim. And I want to talk about the mystery verse. 
Did okay. you see the story pop up? Uh, the Sherlock Holmes thing? Yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I mean, it's okay. Go 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 for the new story first. <laughs> this was just over on IG and Sherlock Holmes uh, speaking at uh, Fast Company Innovation Festival or this week. Robert Downey Jr. and producer uh, partner Susan Downey outlined their intentions to spin a mystery verse out of the third Sherlock Holmes film, which will be directed by Rocketman Homer Dexter Fletcher. Uh, in their minds, the new sequel would serve as an entry point into a new Holmes-inspired universe. Do we need this, Tim? Do we want this? Yes this and no. That's going Here's to the solve thing. the world's problems. Do we do we need a universe from this? Absolutely not. No. Do we need more Sherlock Holmes movies? Fuck yeah. Sure. Sherlock Holmes, the first one with Robert Downey Jr., is up there with Star Trek uh, 2009 as one of my just, how the fuck is this that good? Like, this doesn't make sense. It's a property that idea. I'm familiar with but don't care about. And then you watch it, you're just like, this is, like, Sherlock Holmes is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Like it is really so so rad. It's but a fun movie. I've never seen the sequel to this really? day because I know that one day we're going to do an in review for it, and uh, that was supposed to be sooner than oh, than now because of right. all the Corona stuff that keeps getting right, pushed. Right, right. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited about this. But the idea of it being a universe, especially with Robert Downey Jr., it's like stop. That's not going to happen. This ain't going to happen. This is did a, we learn? Did a we learn nothing from the dark universe? And how tragic <laughs> started and ended. We don't need the mystery verse. Also, I haven't. I think I tried watching that Enola Holmes uh, movie oh, on, yeah. on Netflix. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, but, it was all right. Hey, I mean, there's always stuff they can do. The only issue I have with with any sp- Sherlock Holmes mystery verse spinoffs is the same issue I have with any like Batman show spinoffs that don't involve Batman. I'm like, it has to have Batman. It has to have Sherlock Holmes. If it doesn't have Sherlock Holmes, I'm not. I don't know that it's that appealing for me. But well, who knows? Maybe makes it, me really cool it might have them i i think that the biggest issue and this is the biggest issue i have with sherlock holmes 3 is that it's not guy Ritchie directing it and i think so much of what we like or at least so much of what i like is the, the action yeah the act yeah. that guy Ritchie has and there's just something about his filmmaking that's so like you know it's it does stylish. the what it's very frenetic it's very stylish yeah yeah very frenetic that's yeah it's 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 quick and moving um and I, I kind of bummed out. I hope they can get there and kind of s- copy that style. I don't know that I want to see something new. And so, like, I don't think I want to see a series based off. Like, it's not like the world that I love, you know? Right. It's interesting yeah. because I think, if I'm not mistaken, in this article I talk about, the last Sherlock Holmes was made in, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, it was 2011. Yeah. Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so it's like this, this coming... Man, the word hot off the heels of the second one does not exactly uh, work in this this context. No, 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 no. No one would say that. They're actually quite the opposite where everyone's like, wow, this is a long time coming. Do we need another Sherlock Holmes? I'm in Tim's boat. It's weird. It's weird, though. It's like it's not like Robert Downey Jr. was doing anything for the last. No. And and they talk about that. Right. (laughs) One of the reasons this article goes into of of why there wasn't a third Sherlock Holmes was because his Iron Man schedule was just insane. I mean, he was in every freaking movie. Um, And rightfully so. He deserved that. Uh, But this is what I'm saying, guys. Once once Tom Holland ages out of the Spider-Man role in 55 years, he can go into the mystery verse and it'll be good. He can be young. I love it. To middle aged Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Andy, have you seen Sherlock Holmes? No. Oh man. No. I mean, it's going to be a good in review I, one day. I, I, it's again, it's a movie that I've seen several parts of. Um, I remember, especially when I found out that Gavin Free worked on the slow mo, that I had to go watch it and just be like, "Oh shit, Gavin worked! This is really cool." But I've never, I've never fully watched the whole movie and understood, you know, the character dynamics and all that stuff. He's I'll put it up there with Batman Begins. It's very good. Interesting. And it's Interesting. very good. Don't watch it because we're going to watch an interview for the next two years. In the All right. Moving years. on, everyone. Uh, this is a quick one. Uh, the Invincible trailer dropped over at New York CC, uh, NYCC Comic Con. Why did I say NYCC Comic Con? I blew that whole thing. New York City Comic Con. Uh, a bunch of trailers dropped, but this is one that we watched actually yesterday. So if you guys want to see our impressions on that, hey, go watch our reacts. I'm sure they're live right now. If not, Tim, when are the reacts going to go live? They're live. They're live. They're live, baby. Uh, spoilers it looks cool but go watch that we watch the whole trailer and kind of break it down a little bit and give our impressions on how we think uh the first season is going to go uh so go over there next news story disney and pixar soul streaming exclusively on disney plus uh starting on december 25th uh this is from deadline uh but it's also via a tweet they put out on the official uh soul twitter uh thanksgiving weekend just got a lot more grim at the box office as Disney on Thursday moved its its big 
uh, Pixar movie Soul to Disney Plus, where it will now stream uh, be released on December 25th. Is that it has it had been set for a November 20th release in domestic theaters. Disney will not charge its streaming subscribers an extra 29.99 to see Soul. Rather, the movie will simply become available on the service to its 60 million subscribers, just like the studio did with Artemis Fowl and Hamilton over the summer. Uh, Soul will hit theaters released. Excuse me. Will get a theatrical release in foreign markets and foreign territories where Disney Plus is not available. The streaming service is launching in Latin America next month. In those markets where Disney doesn't have a streaming service, Mulan uh, made over sixty-seven million during the pandemic. So something to something to consider. They still it is getting a theatrical release, just not here. How do we feel about this? I think Kevin. it's wild. Like Pixar, I feel sorry for Pixar. They've now put two movies out in the middle of this pandemic. One at the start. And one, you know, uh, what you said, November Thanksgiving, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's upward, like, uh, uh, what was it called? Upward? No, onward, onward, onward. Which was really good. Really, really enjoyed it. But it was Definitely. right as the start. Literally, I think the week before we went into shelter in place. Yeah. And um, it did not do well. And they released it the same way in Disney Plus. Um, this is just kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel bad for Pixar because like they put so much time and attention into their their Mm -hmm. projects and it's weird to not see it get like the success or like to blow up in the in the movie theaters like like it does and i just wonder how this is going to affect the next couple of years for pixar because that's still like you you got to wonder if they're gonna how much scaled back these future projects might be when it comes to just budgets and the amount of artists working on it the amount of secondary studios and and uh, outsource studios that they look into to try to work on extra stuff like i don't know it's gonna be it's kind of worrisome to want to think about how it will affect everything else but man nick you kind of blew my mind when you mentioned that artemis foul came out like what the fuck dude i forgot that was a movie i forgot that yeah. movie even it came wasn't, out. it's man. not made for us it's like a kid's movie I did not watch it, but yeah, that yeah. that was one of the I that was one of the it. ones that had to come straight out. Did you watch it? You watch I watched half of it. it. Yeah, I literally fell asleep, and I was just like, I, "This is not meant for adults." Yeah, understand. This is, is like a major bummer to me. Like, I'm it's I'm excited to see the movie. The trailer looked fun. It's Pixar. Like this being a two Pixar movie year was like such an exciting premise before yeah. everything went to shit. Uh, and I think that in a lot of ways, Disney and a lot of the other. Uh, production companies are looking at this year as a total loss and we're seeing just more and more evidence of that kind of rack up uh this to me does say that their the disney premiere thing didn't work out the way that they wanted it to uh which i don't know it's weird because I, I feel like there's so much evidence against that uh and also like this isn't the type of movie necessarily that is going to move the needle and get a bunch of people to actually pay for it so maybe they just kind of looked at it and, and are just like hey let's just some of these movies need to just be adding to the value of disney plus yeah um and that's gonna benefit them in a lot of ways but i i movies are gonna change like we're just hitting this point where the reality is there's gonna be fewer theaters if theaters even last through this at all we are now on month eight of saying the same thing and reading stories of theaters like regal cinemas like shut down yeah and it's like if at some point there's just not going to be enough money that even could be made for movies to cost nearly what they cost currently and look, that might be fine. People can adapt and things can change and we don't need every movie to cost four to five hundred million dollars, but it's really reminding me of like two thousand ten era Nintendo where the conversations that kept happening were should Nintendo be putting out their games on other platforms? Um, should they go third party? Should they sell them on Xbox and PlayStation and just make more money? Um, because I, I wonder if I wonder how deep those conversations have gone with Disney, where Mulan is about to come out and they say, you know, yeah, we could sell it for thirty dollars on our platform. What if we sell it for twenty on every platform? What if it's a, a, a twenty dollar purchase on Amazon as well? What if it's everywhere else and not require people to have Disney Plus? Because I, I f- well, they, they, do that. they did that eventually. Where, where Mulan was able to be purchased everywhere? By anyone. P-B-O-D, yeah. Got it, okay. Because I know that a lot of the early conversations were, oh, fuck, but I have to have Disney Plus as well? What a ripoff. Like, you're not telling me about this news and stuff. And I I, I think it's totally fine that they are selling these movies uh, at a at a, a raised price. But I, I think maybe, you know, what if you sell it for 25 elsewhere and maybe it's $10 on Disney Plus or something? Like, uh 
a little bit more of a reason to get them in or just free on Disney plus. But yeah, I, that really, really, it, it does suck to just see the sort of fallout of all this stuff and how it's going to affect the industry moving forward. Tim, going back to your earlier point about theaters, uh, air Barbara writes in and says, hi all, uh, not to be an alarmist, but by, by looking at the trajectory, it seems that barring government intervention, the theater industry, as we know it is already dead. And we are just waiting for the final breath in an attempt to be optimistic. If this happens and studios buy abandoned theaters, could that potentially lead to cheaper tickets due to not needing to split the profits with the chains and also uh, claiming all the profits on concessions? Well, I don't see these businesses going under. Do you think it's possible there could be a silver lining in the future, making a trip to the movies more affordable and allow people to go more often? There's an interesting concept there where studios kind of having their own theaters, I think it falls apart when you start to realize that they simply don't have enough uh, uh, of like new content coming out on a week-to-week basis to be able to sustain that. However, they do have library content. And that's the thing is like, we all look at this and we're like, oh, that old movies aren't going to get people to go for this experience. I think everything's going to change. And I think the new there has to be a new normal for theaters to still work or else yeah. they won't. They won't exist, right? Yeah. So the only... I, I can imagine – go for it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, just, I can imagine like Disney starting a theater line, right? right? I, and I so think that's illegal. The only – it is, and yeah, that's what I was okay. going to say to answer that's this what question. I think, I think back, things are going to change. Back in the day, I think they actually tried this back in the mm-hmm. day when there was only a few major studios, and it was a massive antitrust thing, and they, they had to yeah. break them all up. And Disney is already on the cusp of, of get, hitting that point. I think they were on the cusp of hitting that point before we even went into COVID. So the idea that Disney might control it, the entire distribution route from production to distribution is crazy to think of but yeah i think that would that would that would get them firmly into monopoly territory yeah but it would be amazing though if there was a disney theater and you could just go see movies for like 10 bucks but my thing is i think that and again a lot of this is just fucking who the hell knows if the world's ever gonna change get fixed or whatever but just spitball and i i do think that there is a potential of a world where theaters don't exist at all and these this becomes more of a disneyland type situation where Mm. they're creating an experience that they don't necessarily call a theater but it is the idea of going to enjoy a, right. a, a movie on a big screen, you know? It's a heartbreaker. I think there's a, isn't there a Regal in, in, in downtown Disney? Didn't we go see Independence Day there? That or was AMC. It was an AMC. It was an AMC. But, yeah. but that, well, that got killed yeah. a long time ago. Uh, oh, it's not there anymore? Mm-mm. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That was I, a yeah they, and, see things and think about the idea of, like, having, you know, two st- – I'm trying to think of, like, how the socially distanced theater would look. Yeah. Because uh, we've seen concepts of how – social distance concerts work where it's a it's a pod that you stand in and you know you and your friends can be in that little pod and then the pods are all separated i'm just wondering how like what the logistics of that would look like you'd have to be six feet apart and you know like so yeah there have and that that would be tough right because six feet apart meaning okay you go what if you go with eight people are you guys just the entire theater i don't know hold on i've never done it this is interesting this is interesting uh in the chat Wasted Bandwidth sends a link from Collider from uh, like about two months ago. Studios can now own movie theaters following judge's ruling. Uh-huh. Studios can now own movie theaters after a federal judge approved the Justice Department's efforts to do away with the Paramount Consent Decrees of 1948. Those antitrust laws were put in place to prevent studios from having a stranglehold on both production and distribution. Mm-hmm. They applied to major stu- studios such as Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox, and Paramount, though not the Walt Disney Company which did not become a distributor until after the law went into effect. The rules also did not apply to newer studios like Lionsgate and A24. And then it keeps going on. It was also, by the way, this was also during the time, if I'm not mistaken, where like people like stars used to just work for. Yeah. And they like live. Now they're all free. Yeah. Like, like Judy Garland. If you ever go watch the Judy, Judy Garland movie, which by the way is actually really good with Renee, uh, Renee Zellweger. You like, they're just like, I actually liked it. Yeah. It really Um, bummed me out though. It's really depressing. Yeah, yeah. But, you know that was that was during a time when like when movie th- studios had just a stranglehold on everything from talent acquisition to writers, all of those things. It would be like it just like was run like a company. So it is a different time, but I don't know. This is one of those instances where you have to think someone at Disney is thinking about that, right? Because they're like everything's really, really the, where there is unfortunately like economic depression. There also is opportunity. So maybe I don't know. I mean, I love movie theaters personally, and I hope whatever they need to do to, to make them not die, I'm all for. Um, but if but I could easily see that five to ten years from now being like another massive antitrust lawsuit because we all let this happen. And then all of a sudden, Disney just owns everything, which wouldn't be that bad. Um, Tim, 
Speaking mm-hmm. of good, well, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, well, we can make some good shit. Uh, speaking of good news, you put this next story in the docket, and I can't wait to see your reaction to it, even though you know it's going on. Resident Evil reboot. Happening. Oh yeah, dude, let's go. How, how good is this for you? Honestly, with the original characters coming back. No, the, well, I mean, not coming back, like uh, actually based on the games. Like that right. sounds great. Uh, I, I did not enjoy what I've seen of the Resident Evil movies that exist currently. And the main reason for that is they're not Resident Evil movies. They're just crazy, weird action horror movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that going into to this, doing it the right way, has potential to be cool. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Resident Evil has had so much shit, and so few of it has been good. So, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm not, like, counting down the days. Well, Dude, I, I, th- ahead, I think... I think- it comes down to the vision of it and i feel like resident evil started off as a franchise that um it, it has this sort of weird trajectory in terms of this is a serious story with serious characters even though it's all kind of like b movie acting right but then the movies got way more fast and furious uh in terms of just like action where the 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 games and the movies got a lot less serious and a lot more, you know, uh, I don't know. They, I feel like they got more action oriented. And then now recently with this sort of uh, uh, this explosion of, of better Capcom games coming out, that the games have gotten a little bit more serious and they kind of toned down the the goofiness of the action and shit. And I feel like the movies were just silly action the whole time, right? Like, I feel like the movies the whole time were just, goofy ass movie the video, the video the first one i think the first yeah. one was a little bit more in, intense if i remember correctly but then i, I remember like popping into Did resident evil with the laser aftermath yeah i mean that, that but like, like but that. the beginning of that was like she wakes up and doesn't know where she's at and it's kind of a mystery and it's kind of scary but then i remember at one point popping into another one and she's fighting a giant monster on a roof and like ali louder is still there and i'm like i don't know what the hell's going on in the she's still there i think she got cloned they should get cloned. I don't, I don't even know. know. And then it's like a post-apocalyptic that. landscape. Yeah, I like yeah, the, the virus got out because the movies were yeah. never super scary, right? They were no, they're they're actually we should. Just kind of we should... <laughs> we did. Wait, what do you mean we? We've talked about Resident Evil like on, okay. on the podcast. We should actually do an interview, like especially now yeah. that like I I just would like to because I like I feel like they're bad in the in the way that we, they're no, good I, for in review. That's the thing is like at some point maybe, but like. They're worse than Transformers. That's a and bold there's more statement. of them, I think. Yeah. There, is, think, there are at least like five seven. that I know of, yeah. I think. It sounds like we're talking about, like, enemy armies. Like, they're worse. And but we respect – well, some of us respect them less than we do Transformers. Right? I mean, it, they're not good. Like, these movies are, like, infamously bad. So, Well, either way, I'm excited because I think going back to a smaller, more nuanced – more um, tonally significant uh, uh, Resident Evil series could be good. And by that, I mean if they nail the kind of campy tone horror of the, the video games that I've seen. I've never played through them. I've just seen clips. I've watched you guys play through these things. But I think there's a specific tone for Resident Evil that I think they should go for. And if they do, with this cast, I think they could knock it out of the park. Real, real quick, uh, I do want to say, I, I don't know that a Resident Evil movie has a high chance of working, period. No matter like who the really? team is or what you're working. Because... What is Resident? Like, what is actually good about Resident Evil? It's, let's just look at uh, games one, two, and three. It's either the Spencer Mansion or you're in Raccoon City. Yeah. It's just a good game because it's a zombie movie, but you're playing it. Taking that and turning it back into a movie, taking, stripping out the gameplay elements and the puzzles and all that stuff, then it's just a zombie movie. And we've seen zombie movies a thousand times. Yeah, but I think you can, I think you can do interesting stuff with, just you know writing and characters i think we we love these characters and i hope it is a little bit more tonally serious like you were saying nick i would rather it not turn into this sort of campy goofy thing i want it to be a serious movie like it i i know res i know the silent hill movie isn't the best video game movie but i think tonally it kind of nailed it in how like and and how almost depressing it was like i hope this movie franchise sort of takes that more serious tone but well, see i was saying i was saying the opposite is. that's what i was saying i was saying the opposite I'm, i was saying try and get a unique tone that is a little campy but is still scary and is fun 
versus trying to make an, a, a Walking Dead clone, which they'll probably try to make anyway. I just think it's the idea of Raccoon City and putting it all in the small, like keep it small, keep it all in this in this confined area, and then put these characters in there and just let them watch them survive with cool guns and not enough bullets. I mean, I'd be down for yeah, that. A bunch of herbs. Yeah. But I'm I'm saying this by the way, I haven't watched any of the walking dead properties in three or four years. So maybe I'm a hypocrite. I don't know, but come at me, right? Walk uh, resident evil reboot. And, and we can be respect each other. Unlike the disrespect, Tim. Oh man. Where are we going with this respect? He's right. He's right. That Netflix is showing glow. It's fucked oh, up. It's are you guys, this up. is now I'm sure that there is the real reason is that these great stars need to go do other stuff. And they're being held, right? With their contract. No, the real reason is because it's very expensive and they can't get, the, because of the COVID-related restrictions, they can't return to production. And so Netflix is just cutting its losses. That's crazy. Um, because the, the problem is there's a lot of restrictions on filming right now in general. If you have action sequences where people make contact and are breathing heavily, which we know now spreads the virus at a much higher rate, yeah. um, you can't do that. And so unfortunately, they can't shoot apparently the wrestling scenes. And the show is about wrestling. And so with that, I guess they shot a, a good portion of it, but they just can't get back to production at this point. Netflix has just said, no, we're not doing season four anymore, which is sad. My hope is that someone like an Amazon will pick it up and be like, cool, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we would. Uh, I forget. We'll take that. it to Canada. Uh, like Cobra Kai, right? Where Cobra Kai was like, YouTube is like, nah, this is this mm. is too good for our content, which is way too good of a show to be put on our on, on our premium series. Someone else has to take this and Netflix picks it up and is now greenlit. I, what I hope is seven more seasons of this. Six seasons in a movie, Tim. Well, I um, mean, it, it was the final season, though. Yeah. Like, they're, like that was the whole the the, show the gets, biggest bummer about it. For this. Glow, yeah. I know. That's what's yeah. sad. In real life, so the like, show gets canceled after the third season or something. Mysteriously, um, I forget what they were. I just remember they go to Vegas and they work out of the hotel for a while, and I really liked that. Everyone hated that season. I was like, I like this season. No, it's I like thought it was fun, yeah. more character-driven. Yeah, I really like Glow. If you haven't watched it, everyone should go watch it right now on Netflix and then tweet at Netflix and be like, why are you killing my dreams? This show is great. It's got a great cast. It's got yeah, I mean, it stars Allison Brie, uh, Perry Gilpin, or not Perry Gilpin. Um, I forget, I forget Betty Gilpin, excuse me, and Mark Maron. Come on, let's go. go let's go. It, Bring it back. Go for it, Kevin. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I mean, like, isn't this like it's it's like covid reasons that they're they're stopping this right so it's not like yeah. we can bully them oh. back into what were you gonna say I, I i thought you were gonna say that like it sounds like netflix has a tim gettys over there oh, oh sure. no no tim, tim, you know i don't like it i don't like this joke i think you like never the liked terminator it. tim you're perpetuating this the tim. i think you are you baby. like the terminator and i i'll tell you what tim i like that you like it and you know what else you like tim what do i Hello like fresh babe? that's right I do. Hello, I do. fresh Crushing the Segway game today, ladies and gentlemen. Get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering. Seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Uh, HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. Uh, there's something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and kid-friendly recipes. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients, to, uh, so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet. Uh, keep your fridge stocked by adding extra proteins or sides like garlic bread to your weekly order. Easily change your delivery days or food preferences and skip a week whenever you need. Feeding the whole family has never been easier with larger boxes sizes uh, or for more servings and more savings. Uh, of course, HelloFresh is committed to giving back. HelloFresh is, uh, is committed to making fresh, delicious food available now more than ever and has taken extra steps to keep its employees and customers safe, including contactless delivery, tamper-proof packaging, and team member wellness checks. HelloFresh donates over 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019, and this year they're stepping up their food donations to local communities amid the COVID crisis. Tim's family, Tim, the, the Gettys Harris family, is cooking HelloFresh left and right. Mm -hmm. And Tim, what have you been eating lately? Kevin, what have you been eating lately? Oh, Kevin, that's right. You're you're in the oh, HelloFresh. Kevin, I know. I actually went over to Tim's house to help him set something up, and I uh, we got the Korean. Oh, okay, Tim, you gotta help me out with this. Bibimbap. There it is. There it is. There it Woo, is. Yeah. I wasn't close. I'm gonna be honest. But you know what? <laughs> it was delicious. Oh my god. One of my favorite Slack messages of all time was Kevin hitting me up being like, hey, do you want to get lunch? Like, do you want to get food? And I was like, oh, what if uh, Gia cooks you some HelloFresh? And he, 
all caps started freaking out just like wait really is this really happening <laughs> it's finally happening <laughs> i love it ladies and gentlemen and it can happen for you as well if you go to hellofresh.com slash 80 morning and use the code 80 morning to get a total of 80 dollars off across five boxes including free shipping on your first box again that's hellofresh.com slash 80 morning and use code 80 morning to get a total of 80 dollars off across five boxes including free shipping on your first box what are you waiting for? Get it. Uh, next up, we've got MeUndies. We're a MeUndies household here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, MeUndies believes that comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin. Uh, keyword, yours. Not someone else's. This isn't a Michael Myers movie, it is, okay? but it is almost Halloween, which makes which means you can now match your undies to the spookiest season of all time. MeUndies just launched their new Halloween prints, so where, uh, whether you're into cats, blood, or skeletons, uh, they've got something right up your haunted alley. Tim, what's up your God. haunted alley? Are you are you wearing MeUndies Jesus. today? Of course I'm wearing MeUndies. I'm wearing some little lemons. <laughs> little uh, When life gives you lemons, you wear MeUndies. Joey just got a package of MeUndies. Did she? Mm-hmm. Did you, are they are they the haunted spooky kind i will i, I imagine they are i hope they are I, I always i always complain about the fact that i you know that i never had enough me undies at first but now i have like 10 pairs and it's i'm still going through 10 pairs and then waiting to wash the laundry so like i'm gonna keep complaining and be like you know what i don't have any they're all in the laundry and now i'm gonna have 20 pairs and then i'll go 20 days without washing you know it's just it's, i have a bunch that like yeah. i haven't worn before and it's just like how is the rotation it hasn't gotten there where i just have these like highlighter blue ones that are like i keep looking and being like i'm gonna get to you dude i'm gonna get to you i'm gonna get i'm gonna get some of the office me undies of course me undies grow on trees no seriously they're made from irresistibly soft natural fibers sourced from beechwood trees and you know what natural fibers means that mean that that their micromodal is not only super soft but breathable light and impossibly cozy uh that's what i like to think about tim tim's just impossibly cozy that's some serious comfort right there everything me undies does is to help you feel truly comfortable from head to toe from outside to in uh by the way me undies has a membership never run out of undies like Andy does with me undies membership a subscription that sends new pairs right to your door because who who really wants to grab that questionable six pack of underwear at their local drugstore plus get site-wide savings and exclusive sales and here's how you do that me undies has a great offer for our listeners for any first-time purchasers you get 15% off and free shipping me undies uh, also has their problem philosophy man they just know us tim if you're not satisfied with any product for any reason they'll refund or exchange it no caveats no questions again here's that wonderful deal to get 15 percent off your first order and free shipping go to meundies.com slash morning that's meundies.com slash morning now back to the show all right boys we've come to the precipice we're at the end boys the season finale of the boys Season two. Boys. And without giving spoilers right now, I want to go around the table. What did we think of this episode? And if you feel so inclined, the entire season in general. Andy, let's start with you. I mean, the show doesn't miss. It's amazing. I had another Twitch watch party last night, and it was obviously my first time watching it because I love the episodes release early. I think it was available around 5 p.m. yesterday. It's great. Um. Awesome. I mean, I, I, there's a little predictable towards the end, but still didn't take away from the impact I felt and just how, how great everything is done. I mean, this game, this show is just so well made when it comes to just acting and uh, direction of the plot and the tension you feel. I thought the season was probably not as good as season one but only because season one was so kind of shocking and new for me this felt a little bit more of season one i i i still love the hell out of it though i cannot recommend this show any more than i already do i think it's i think it's so damn good kevin what are your thoughts um i loved it i thought this season overall was a little bit slower but i i kind of feel like that's because season one was so so crazy and hard that like a lot of things happen in, in in season two that were on that same level but like once you've been shown that like we can go that far like things seem less extreme like yeah the whale yeah thing. for sure yeah um yeah. <laughs> the whale thing still got me though that no, was yeah like, oh it still got me too but like at that point like i've already seen a person explode you know yeah. From like the speedster with the hand. Anyways, yeah, so you're a little desensitized, and and like you know now that like 
whatever, like, anything can be thrown at you. So, um, but, like, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that the the way certain plots went went from being kind of like, oh, this is a little getting a little boring and stale to, like, okay, I, I can dig it. Like, uh, you know, Frenchie and... Um, Kimiko. The, yeah. Like, I, I thought where their story went kind of was a good examination of them. They also, dragged the that deep, out a little too long. Yeah. Yeah, a and little bit, stuff. a little bit. I thought the deep stuff was fun. Yeah. Um, so. Anyways, yeah, overall, and, and the way it ended was awesome. I'm very excited. Tim, Tim what say you? I absolutely loved it. And I, I think that it's actually better than season one. And I just think that that's a testament to them setting up such a great foundation and committing to characters that are interesting and giving them interesting things to do. Like this was a slower season, but I think that they used every moment. And we've said this, like every time we've done a review of these episodes, that like they don't drag, like things are constantly happening. And there's some p- plot lines that aren't as like thrilling and engaging, but it's never like, Oh, I hate this. It's always like, you're always excited to see the next thing that's happening. A couple of choices were made that I'm sure we'll get into in the spoilers that I'm not totally thrilled by, but I, that I'm not making the show. I trust them. Like this is just one of those situations where I, of the rare times when it comes to superhero type things or TV shows where I'm just like, the, the reason I enjoy it so much is I don't know what's coming. So any single time the, a big moment happens, I'm like, I have no idea where they're going to go from here. And like the, where this one ends, I'm like, man, I got some shit to think about. And no matter yeah. what I come up with, it's not going to be what ends up happening. Like, they're, they're, they're smarter than us. And it's really, really cool to see. All right. Kevin, put the spoiler hat on, please. Andy, put your spoiler sunglasses on, too. Wow. Did you, well, did you like it, Nick? <laughs> I did. I did watch it. Oh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I'll get my impressions. Kevin, you knocked it out of the park. That was great. That's uh, all I had. Non-spoiler impression. This okay, sorry. I'll take the spoiler hat I, off. I thought this was a great episode. I thought this. I thought the way everything uh, sort of culminated and turned out in the end was very validating. Um, yes, to Tim or Andy, to your earlier point, one of you guys made the point it was a little predictable. But I think it's predictable because the, it, a lot of the elements are so well set up and you just kind of hope they end that way. But I do think there were moments in this with the characters where you weren't sure what they were going to do, specifically with Butcher's character. And I thought those were some of the best moments in the whole, in, in, in the whole season altogether. Specifically, sort of at the end there, Butcher has a moment where he picks up a crowbar and you're like, what's he going to do right now? Um, and then of course that scene goes veers to the left and goes kind of crazy. But I, I mean, the show is, is so good at giving you what you want, but also surprising you with a different direction to go in for some of these scenes. Uh, it's, and again, I think we've talked about this. We've, we've lamented on this so many times, but the action is good. The character development is, is better. It's the best that I've seen in a show in a very long time. And I think that's why it's strong. And I think this season ends on just enough of a cliffhanger to Tim's point to be like, where are we going to go next? Cause I'm excited. I'm excited where the characters end. I'm excited how they set up season three. We know we're getting a season three. We have some details about that and some characters that we can go over after this that are going to come back or be introduced rather. It's all very exciting stuff. Kevin, please uh, re- put the spoiler hat back on. Really, really quick. Um, <laughs> we we're getting a raid right now sorry uh to all the viewers from uh from shannon's stream we are talking about the boys those are our non-spoiler impressions we're going to talk about the season uh two finale right now full spoilers so please leave if you came how crazy raid. is it sorry. that huey dies it's crazy maybe it does watch the boys to find out with you. Well, we are we are going into spoilers right now. So yeah, to Andy's point, if you guys do not want all of season two spoiled for the boys, uh, just mute it. You guys can keep watching us because we're fun. We're animated. <laughs> yeah, watch, we wear hats whoa. sometimes. Mute the audio. Uh, guys, this episode starts off in an interesting dilemma. Obviously, things are ramping huh? up and we start off where uh, one of the president's aides and his cabinet is basically like, listen, Vought's winning. The president has 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 uh, uh, made it legal for Compound V to be spread to everyone. The super army is being started, uh, and we don't know who blew this person's head up. So we're just going to put Compound V on the streets, and that seems like a horrible solution. But they're going with that. I I uh, love it though because like one of the complaints the that I had early in the season was that they kind of gave up on the Compound V plot line like that thing was it was exposed and then it kind of mm-hmm. just felt like that didn't have any real ramifications and i think I that like everything that's happened with the trump administration yep, <laughs> like, exactly like a huge story breaks and the next day it's like ah, it's, he he oh he said kofi or whatever anyway kofi uh but yeah having uh edgar's character 
be in the the show as much as he is which is like i think just the perfect sprinkles because every time he comes in it shakes things up and in the right way and he's fantastic uh but i think that the way that the plot of the compound beat like when you look at any individual plot line from this season it kind of just feels like it's not that great but how they all weave together i think is so powerful of having the compound b storyline mm-hmm. going on while the deep storyline the, the church storylines happening and having it all kind of come to this moment where when the the church guy's head blows up it was like holy shit because last week the episode ends and i was like well obviously it's the, the girl blowing things up and andy you're like i don't think so i think it's the church i love that it wasn't either like mm-hmm. I, and and more than that the, who it was is such a cool thing and, and proof that this show doesn't just make any decision willy-nilly. Every single no, no. character that's introduced has some real substance and is, is going to like make a, a dent in the world. It's really cool. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but that last scene where that happens and then the following scene where Huey goes and he's like, I need a job. And they have the, the way it's shot is so I don't know if you guys got the same feeling that I got. I was like, no, I was like feeling scared for him because she's like, yeah, come on in. And the camera dollies out as she clo- as he walks in and she closes the door to the office. You're like, oh, he's in the Viper's Nest now. Yeah, and especially, especially with nest. the with the wording that he had there at the end of like, yeah, you know, I just kind of need to be somewhere where, you know, I'm not blood and guts aren't always exploding on me and it's mm-hmm. like oh my god She's like cool when can you start <laughs> yeah like it's it's such a perfect setup for the next season but i i love that even now we don't really know where they're going and based off of what people have said i didn't read the comics and i keep telling people that are in the chat room like don't talk about what the comics do i don't want to be possibly spoiled i know they're veering off it's a very sort of game of thrones situation where they are kind of pulling stuff from the source material but I, also changing a majority of things but i even now, I, I couldn't tell you what the fuck's gonna happen. This, they're, like, they're, next season. they veered off a long time ago from the comics. It's, it's like very different. I think where they started was different than the yeah. comics because if I'm not mistaken, and I keep saying this and never checking it, so I'm just gonna keep saying it like it's gospel. Yeah, no, I is it. that I believe that the the boys itself was a CIA run like group. Yes, headed yeah. by Butcher. Yeah, yeah I yeah, don't I believe, believe they were right. ever like. That that was why when I started watching this, I was so shocked. Yep, where it didn't make um, sense. That he was like sort of running his own little like like underground sort of like resistance group. Whereas now, I think where this is ending off is where the comics would have started, which is that they are this this group sanctioned by the government, which is cool. And obviously, the show puts a nice fun twist on it with this new character, the Congressman Newman, who is then going to be in charge of this group. But she's also one of the worst villains out there potentially we don't really know what her ulterior motives are maybe she's trying to even the score or maybe she's just going for world domination we don't know what we do know is that whenever they introduce a character like this the motivations are always fascinating um and let's go back a second to talk about stormfront who in this episode i think just goes full nazi and is basically like that she has that moment with uh ryan the kid where she's like people are out there to hurt us because of the color of our skin it's called white genocide and homelander and shout out to anthony star I, I, I love this moment because he has a moment where he's like, mm, I don't know. If I, I like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Where he's like, I don't know yeah. if I can buy into that. Yeah. Like, I yeah. buy into a lot of crazy shit you've said, lady, and the sex is great. But I don't know if I can go this far, but he ends up going with it anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. That the, was such the, a the, cr- look on his, the look on his face, the way he emotes um, was so perfectly done. I, I, like, you know, he's thinking there in the moment, like, Oof, what did I kind of get into? Yeah. Like, I. Uh, it was it was fun what we did you know we were, we were ha- having sex and you got my mind off of uh, Stillwell but oh my gosh what oh are well, you know what am I kind of this is crazy territory that I'm not like I'm a nationalist but I'm not a Nazi <laughs> you know yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a bridge too far yeah. dude um, Stormfront Stormfront is one of the the decisions that I was alluding to earlier saying that I'm not thrilled about it like I don't like I don't want her to be dead like yeah. she's, she's not I don't think she's dead she's not you she's think she's gonna dead. heal up. I, I well, mean, first she's off, I, mean, obviously, I made this joke um, before, but mm-hmm. I'll make it again, guys. This she is did. what happens when you give up the high ground. She wound up. Mm-hmm. She, she straight Vader. up Anakin did. Yeah. Got she Anakin, did, bro. yeah. But guess what happened to Vader when he came back? He came back with some robot arms and robot hands, and he was better than ever. Just no, or, or I mean, he couldn't do electric. He couldn't I mean, do electric anymore because it would short out his cool CPU system, but he yeah. did have a cool breathalyzer, and he was taller. So sure, he I mean, was Andy, taller. That's a fact. You know, you can't do electricity out of your hands or feet, but you're a, a solid foot taller. I get yeah. that up. Easily. Wait, so she was at the she facility? Was or No, they, they just they that have was one a lie. throwaway line where he's like, I, maybe it was yeah. a lie. We don't I, 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 I assumed. That's, 
she That's, looked like she was dead. My read on it was that she was dead and yeah. that they were trying to cover it. But yeah. I don't think we ever saw her die though. Because remember and he she goes to her recover. and he's looking at her and she's 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 mm. like saying jarbled German. German stuff. Yeah. But I don't like we see Becca die, we see her take her last breath, but he gets interrupted because he stands up and like butchers there and the kid's there. And by yeah, the way, we, I, this scene's beautifully shot because there's a moment where he stands up and he goes, Ryan, come to me. And Ryan starts walking and then the camera pans over and he walks over to Butcher and Butcher and Carl Irvin just fucking nails. The he looks look. so cool. He just he nails so the look good. to him like you lost this kid's like, you know, you've lost the kid's good now. I might die, but who cares? Um, and then, of course, that's the culmination of Maeve's story, which I thought I thought Maeve's story was kind of had it's had some ups and downs as far as like it, it kind of. Uh, distracting from the overall plot, but the way it culminates here at the end with the the plane footage and stuff, I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, fuck mm-hmm. yeah, because she had that great moment prior to this. The girls do get it done moment, which I think might be the most hype uh. moment in the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> and Frenchie's like, girls oh do get God. it done, which is great, right? I th- I thought she had a great moment, and uh, and I think one of the one of the strong suits of the show is that we had a great physical moment where it's very validating with all these women kicking the shit out of Stormfront and then we get an even more validating moment where Maeve's like hey Homelander I finally outsmarted you I finally can get you away from me and have you stop tormenting me mentally Um, and I thought that was great for her story I'm very interested to see where they go with that I do want to dial it back real quick and talk and ask you guys about one more scene though uh, before we keep moving on to to our to our uh, thought process here the scene between uh, Carl Urban and Giancarlo Esposito in the restaurant how do you guys feel about this um, I need, I need to, I need to be okay, sort cool. of reminded about it. I need to be. So Butcher <laughs> makes a deal with Stan Edgar, and they sit down together. This is the first time they've right, shared right. a scene. This, this is where he, this is where he makes the deal that he, he sells would, out the, uh, yeah, give the up. Super he kid. would give up the right. kid, Ryan. Which you it's, know he's not going to do. But, 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 but Stan Edgar has uh, Esposito so fucking good. But they're at being both so good at keel. being. But like, but Butcher has. But I mean, Carl Urban nails his character, right? Yeah. He nails that like. Let's use let's have a liberal use of the word cunt. Like he has all of these moments where he's just gonna throw that out there, and that's his character. But the Stan Edgar character, he's so good. Giancarlo Esposito is so good at playing that. Like I'm never gonna show you my hand. You're never gonna see my cards. Character. It starts off with him saying like, "Can you have the 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 chef fire up some of those Gruyere puffs for us?" And I'm like, "I want some of those." And then he's just he's all it's just business. Well, the, it's all just business. There's a moment where the they're serving him water or tea or something. And um, Butcher starts talking about the kid, and he looks yeah. over at the waiter, and I like my first thought is like, oh shit, is he gonna have that waiter killed? Because like, oh maybe, yeah, you know, it's supposed to be Possible. like a big secret, and like right. the the just the the look that he gave to me, I was like, oh that waiter's fucked, and it's <laughs> just like I love there's power there in that. There was that quick moment of the the lime being squeezed into the water, I guess, and it really reminded mm-hmm. me of the 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 cherry tomato in uh, Denethor's mouth in Lord of the Rings, where he bites oh, yeah. into it, like just kind of like a like a, a kind of visceral. scary visceral moment. Yeah, but I, I I do love Carl Urban going like, look, you've got snipers up the buildings, and he's like, yeah, several. I've got several looking. Several. And she's like, all right, well, let's let's skip the fucking uh, the <laughs> what did he say? Let's skip the, the appetizers. Yeah, what yeah. It's so great. It's so great. I love it. I love that we get a little bit of insight, but not really into the Edgar character here when they bring up uh, Stormfront and how incredibly racist she is. And he's like, you, that's got to bother you. And he goes, of course it bothers me. But at the end of the day, it's just about money. It's just about stock prices. And she's good for the company. And that's all I care about. And it's I know that in, in the hands of a lesser actor, that would sound very generic. But I think he I just think he just nails it. Yeah. He's just such a good bad guy. Yeah. And he, it was a was lot of fun guys. to see them both like. I feel like those are some of the strongest characters, like just personality based on the yeah. show and to see them actually clash. I didn't think we'd get to see that in this season. It's it's, yeah. it's when you think about it, it's sort of a it's sort of uh, analogous to watching the other superheroes fight. Like when we see uh, the other supers fighting uh, at the end, this is kind of like the human version of that fight where it's these two people oh, who yeah. are so good on camera, who are so uh they dominate the scenes that they're in because they're just great at screen presence and we saw kind of a a superhero fight right here just sitting at a table talking it out and trying to one-up each other uh with carl urban kind of like saying yeah i'll give up the kid and then eventually isn't able to do that and then we get the great i love that sort of uh, we get that great little uh fight with um with everybody obviously beating up Stormfront and then Kimiko laughing, which I thought was great. I thought that was a really cool character turn for her to be talking to Frenchie earlier and saying, what if I freeze? Like, what if I freak out and can't do it? 
and then her laughing and just kind of being like let's fuck up this nazi i, th- I thought it was yeah. just really validating it felt great and then frenchie's line of i guess girls do get it done it was like the cheesiest funniest fucking thing ever i, I laughed great. so hard at it well earned in my opinion yeah yeah um and I, I love the scene by the way right before that with with butcher where he's just like she's like no you have to come with us and he's like let me just do this one thing like i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna screw you guys over i was gonna i was gonna double cross you but i'm not gonna do that you got to go. This is the right thing. Let me do this thing. It was. I thought that was God, very well done. The car getting um, flipped right after that. You, like what a I fucking like cars moment. Mm, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim, where do you think we're gonna go in season three? Because we leave off. I don't know. Yeah. Like that. That's the thing. Is like I. I think that it's so exciting that I have no idea. Like when season one, I feel equally as flabbergasted as I did after season one ended, where the the big cliffhanger uh reveal at the end of one was so like holy shit how are they gonna handle this and i like if they handle season three as well as they handle season two i am so there for the ride i, I know that they're shooting it already like they they got money signs in the eyes when it comes to the boys and they're oh, with yeah. the spinoff series and with all that i heard rumors that there's a uh an already oh, shot like long movie style uh thing coming out sometime soon that's oh of butcher what butcher was doing in like episode one of this season no like where, i when think he that, was like i gone. think it's the sh- that's a short right yeah that's i think I it's know. like a very short thing in, that what he was doing between the seasons right like how he got or from, he was missing you know when yeah. he had kind of pieced out oh i see or whatever i think that that's out and it's a short it's not like long mm. oh really yeah. uh just to quickly go it. over the ds some of the details we do Maybe know, uh, this is an older article from Screen Rant. Uh, the story of The Boys Season 3 will be, be- uh, better understood after Season 2 finale, but there is one detail that is already public knowledge, and the previously announced Jensen Eccles will play Soldier Boy in The Boy uh, in the Boys Season 3, which I believe is from the comics. Soldier Boy is the original soup in the comics. That, oh, excuse me, I guess so. That becomes uh, a mantle taken by many over the years, and the backstory uh, is kept for the series. Season 3 will again dive deeper into Vought, Compound V, and Soup's history. I think it's cool. I think they're going to introduce a Captain America style character, which is going to be rad. Cool. It was a five um, minute short. Yeah. The, okay. the butcher thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not like available it's now. Not like right. yeah. um, um, wait, real quick. I also wanted to talk about how cool, like the growth of these guys actually fighting everyone has been like them when they, they, they like talk about their plan to fight the soups and they're like, all right, this is what we're going to do for this guy. This is what we're going to do for that guy. It just like, it seems like they've come so far from like, when they had translucent and didn't understand how to like hurt them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's how, I mean, well, they also well, have like three I, soups I, working with them now yeah, too, which yeah, helps. Yeah, yeah. It helps I when you've got the, Maeve. I think the worst part of the whole series was that goddamn loud noise that was meant to fuck up the soups hearing. That was when you're, wa- I want like watching with headphones. I couldn't believe how, oh. like it felt like a Christopher Nolan style mix where it was the loudest, frequency in the middle of your brain hit like it was awful dude moose hated it like he like (laughs) couldn't fucking deal with that shit Um, it it was really tough but i really um i I don't want to brush over the scene of of sort of butcher kind of leading everybody towards the little cabin uh uh, house because homelander gets there and so do these fbi agents or whoever the fuck they are they're bot agents so they're security and they're they're all looking for butcher and they're all kind of just immediately pitted against each other because the VOD agents are like, where's Butcher at? And then Homelanders goes, did you say Butcher? How and then, terrifying is that when he walks oh and he's like, oh, he's like very calm. And it's, you're like, oh, no. And then he just lays his dude in half and he's like, where is my son? And I, that's the, what a, that's why I love the writing of this show. Because if you'd have shown that, that group fighting Butcher and Huey, I'd be like, oh, we have to kill them. they got to get decimated. But in there, you actually feel for them. You're like, oh, God, I'm scared for these poor guys. Yeah. They're just yeah. there doing their job, Tim. They're with, hourly workers. They're trying to get their health care benefits. With, with Homelander walking out with all the blood in his face, I just think he was emoting so perfectly. Yeah. Like he, he does such a great job of showing his anger and trying to hold it in and not just absolutely freak the hell out. Um, I thought we got that really cool moment of Homelander with Ryan uh, at the little food court or wherever they were the at. Planet Vought, um, which is a great poll. I love yeah, that. Like yeah, just having Hollywood all these thing. fans walking up and the kid freaking out and not being used to being around a lot of people I thought was really neat. Uh, and I like that because I, it plays in – go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, and, and just just fast-forwarding towards the end where I said you know a little bit predictable, like I – I think we all knew Ryan was going to kill Stormfront. I think we all kind of saw that coming where she has the hand on, on mom's throat and it's like, 
even I was yelling at the screen like, all right, fucking laser her down, laser her down. But, but even though it, it was predictable, it still it still hit great. Like, I think that moment is still great. And then to have Becca laying on the ground, you know, it's not his fault. Please. He's good. He's good. You know, he's good at heart. Um, and then Butcher picking up the crowbar like, I don't, I'm killing this kid right yeah, now. Do we feel like do we feel like Stormfront's grip when it yeah. when the laser hit like ripped open so. the throat? Yeah, I think Passed so. It, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I, I yeah, I mean, I was not expecting Becca to die in this for sure. And and that I, last scene where Butcher's like gives him that, what I think, honestly, Tim, was the advice you gave me when we left IGN, which I think mm-hmm. is the best advice you could ever give someone, which is don't be a see you next Tuesday. Yeah, um, exactly. I thought it was, I thought so that, that time, was great. all right. Yeah, I didn't say it that time. I, yeah. I said it the first time. I was like, it didn't feel right. We, this <laughs> is a PG-13 right. episode. I, I wasn't, I, um, know. I don't, I, I wasn't, uh, one thing that kind of threw me off was I, I didn't love, butcher getting mad at the kid and having that crowbar moment because it's sort of immediate because he immediately turns back when homelander arrives and i feel like that was a little too convenient it's a momentary flash of anger because the love of his life just died because of this kid but i do think it shows his character because he was like what's that you don't think he saw homelander i thought the whole thing was was gonna kill the kid I think well, he looked at the kid, picked up the crowbar, the and was like, I'm going to beat this fucking kid's head in. <laughs> and then Homelander lands, and then we have that scene where it cut. The way if you if, the way the scene is shot, if I remember it correctly, is that like he's staring at the kid with the, with the crowbar, and then yeah. Homelander comes from the sky and lands, and then he, his attention changes over to him. And it's not until the kid walks to him that he realizes, oh, I have to protect this kid. This is my job. Because imagine the kid like walking up to him and and, <laughs> and he's just like I gotta do a high just hit. crowbar. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I just thought it was all I thought it was all really really well done towards the end with Homelander kind of showing his feelings and being like I'm gonna f- oh this kid's worth you fucking getting exploded and lasered down. All right, here we go. And then Maeve comes in to save the day with sort of that awesome blackmail moment. And then Anthony Starr acting and speaking oh, to. Speaking in that press conference and just yeah. trying to hide and totally just lying through his teeth. Another and, moment, you know, of uh, Starlight. You know, she saved the day, and you know, blah blah blah. And I just think all. I mean, he's just so fucking good. I can't believe let's, how good of an actor he is. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the last time we see Homelander in this series so far. Is he's <laughs> standing on, on on the roof of a tall building, pantsless, drinking all out. over the city, it's, just it's, beating it. It's funny because there was an article saying that like there was one scene they couldn't do the first season, and it was that scene, him on top of mm-hmm. the Empire State oh, Building or maybe the Statue of Liberty jerking off. So they did it this time. And is that from sure the comics? Did. Is that like a known thing from the comics? Yeah. It must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what but I like it, about it is it – oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like I, it seemed really random, and like I get the whole like he's doesn't have control of stuff and wants to feel powerful, but it just seemed dumb. <laughs> I loved it, and I, I I like it because what how he's talking to himself is how he's talked to himself the entire series, yeah. which is he's he's doing that like talking to himself all like I'm the best, everyone loves me, but in reality, like he doesn't have any weaknesses, so his only real weakness really is his ego and his insecurity, and that's what you see in both of these, and and I love that that his story in season two ends like that because you're seeing both of those things, right? You're seeing him mm-hmm. do that self talk, but there's a moment and shout out to Anthony Starr where he's saying it, but it's kind of sad. It's like I can do well, anything no. I want. You're like, oh, well, this... totally. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. a lot of that is reflected on the idea that Maeve has that great talk of like, no one loves you. Ever. Like, they will. If I show them this, they will yeah, never love they, you. Again. They will never love you. But I think he realizes that as he's fucking cranking one out because he's like, my only ally was Stormfront, and she is essentially non-existent anymore. Black Noir is a vegetable right now due to the right. the the, the, the allergic joy. That like, is so I, funny. I, I, I think in that moment it is it is sad. Like obviously it's silly as hell, but it is sad because he's sort of realizing I've I have no one anymore. Like this I am alone. I'm the most powerful person in the in the universe and I am so alone right now. Yeah, not only that, but the the show works so well at at taking topical things and just, you know, making it feel like this show somehow predicted the future in some ways of what it was made. It's like it just feels too perfect like too well yeah. done and like i just love the commitment to costumes and like seeing like the the scene of him with uh the kid in the in the food court like how ridiculous he looks in that costume but mm-hmm. he's always in the costume because mm-hmm. that's who he is i love that juxtaposed with all of the 
the political things going on and all the press conferences and, and everything. It's just like, this show is fucking special, man. I, I really, really think that, like we've said it now a couple times, but I, everything just worked so well that when it happened, you feel rewarded, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I can't wait for season three, man. Neither can some of you out there, ladies and gentlemen. We asked you to write in and let us know what you thought of the boys' recaps that we're doing and season two in general. And Brandon wrote it and said, been loving the recaps, boys. Would love a Blythe Manor season review next week. Uh, so, Kevin, you have to watch all of Blythe Manor and give us a 30-second se- season review of it. I was already going to do that. that. I was already going to do Perfect. that. I'm all in. Um, <laughs> and Jeff, Jeff Lyra wrote in with a, a, a non-sequitur here, but something that I did want to bring to your guys' attention. She says, hey, Nick uh, and the movie bros, uh, there's a new show I think you guys might enjoy. Well, Nick would enjoy it. It's called The Comedy Store on Showtime. I'm, I'm sure Nick knows about it already, but uh, The Comedy Store is obviously in L.A., and this is a five-part documentary series uh, that they've got going for it. Um, have you guys heard of this at all? I saw the trailer for it and I was yeah. like, what the fuck? This actually looks pretty legit. It's it's uh it's pretty good. It's it's done by Mike Binder, who uh was one of the original comedy store comics back in like the late 70s, early 80s. This is when like Jay Leno, the first episode goes over like when Jay Leno and like Letterman and all these guys were coming up once um once Johnny Carson moved his show to the West Coast and basically made the comedy store this mecca of comedy. Um and then it's gonna go, I hope, through the eras. But one of the things I do want to bring up uh to to you, Jeff, was that if you like this series, I highly encourage you to read the book that I think a lot of this was based off of which is called I'm Dying Up Here. And I know they made a Showtime show called I'm Dying Up Here, but they couldn't get the rights to all of the characters because this is a real like biographical story of the comedy store. The book is way better, and it covers this first episode of the comedy store, uh, I think, better because it puts everything in context of like the time period. And, and it really is all centered around that move from Johnny Carson to the, the East Coast to the West Coast. So definitely read that if you're watching the series because I think I, I, they actually interviewed the guy that wrote the book in the first episode, um, and he talks a lot about kind of those earlier years as well. So if you're into that, Definitely check out. I'm dying up here. Um, and and also uh, send out some sweet nasty love to Rahul Kohli mm-hmm. um, for Blythe Manor because it's, nice. it's huge. And it seems like his role is pretty substantial in that movie, especially with him or in that show, uh, especially with him sort of being in the main trailer uh, of it. I think is really fucking awesome. And I already told him, like, hey, man, I love you. I'm not going to watch the show. I love <laughs> you, Andy, you should just watch it. It's Fuck probably not no, that bad. Man. Come on, man. Fuck no, dude. I've it, heard the first season was like horrifying. It man. was great, man. They do some <laughs> awful things. Uh, oh, no, thank you, dude. You should no, check thank it out, you. though. There it is. Also, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to support this show, check out our Patreon if you want to write into this show or any show. The $5 above level gets you the opportunity to do that. Uh, go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Back us over there. And please, we love when people write in with topical stuff that we're talking about. Uh, we will actually be back on this show next Monday, I believe. Right? No. Mm-hmm. We're not, I'm no. sorry. We're pre-recording it Monday. It's going to be live when the frick are we going live with it doesn't matter next week we got a special topic of mcu uh we're gonna give some updates on that um and until then movie bros it's been fun streaming with you i'll see you online